Jill Sholin on the fishbowl. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be talking with you. It's a pleasure to be here at Horror Realm 2017 March Madness. Yes. I'd like to start off the show with just saying, uh, what are what are some of your favorite films? My personal favorite films. Your personal favorite films. Oh, Doesn't God. have to be horror, even though we're at a horror convention. Um, well, I do love thrillers. I'm not really that much into horror. Horror, the um, you know non-realistic stuff but I do right. like thrillers I love suspense thrillers like all the time on Netflix right I, would, I like suspense thrillers because I like how it makes me feel and I like the psychological element that makes me think and yes I'm very good at guessing what's happening I always know what's going to happen right yeah usually right right <laughs> but I still like you never really know until you actually right. You, you get to the catharsis. Yeah. So let me see. But the truth of the matter is, I'm a big old softie. My all-time favorite film is The Wizard of Oz. That's a classic. classic. I just love that film, and I like light-hearted romantic comedies. A modern one that I love is Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman in While You Were Sleeping. That is a that's a great movie. I I love I love Bill Palman and I love Sandra Bullock. Okay. Um, that that's it's a classic love uh-huh. story film. That's right. I've, um, I've seen it so many times. Modern, like this year, I love Lion, especially the front part of it. I just loved it. And then um, I did love La La Land. And a lot of people complain about about the dancing not being at a certain level or the right. you know to me the music was just replaces the dialogue. That's its job. Well, you know, I, I, I have to say that I, I am so happy that Emma Stone won the Academy Award for that film. I, I'm a huge Emma Stone fan, and I love Ryan Gosling. Me and, too. And he you know, so the two of them have, have done a few films together now, and um, and they, their chemistry on screen is just you know mm-hmm. undeniably good. And um, you know, I, I loved Emma Stone since I saw her in Superbad mm-hmm. uh, with you know Seth Rogen and Michael mm-hmm. Sarah and Jonah Hill. And got started with those bunch, and it's been wonderful to see her grow as an actress and kind of branch out from doing those awkward, you know, funny stoner comedies to doing like serious stuff and proving that, you know, she's she's very talented and has a lot to give. And I think both we're going to see a lot from uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling in the years to come. Well, that would be lovely. And I have been a huge fan of Ryan Gosling. I've been saying it for years. You know, this one, yeah. I don't even remember the first time I saw him, but I'm like, this one, an eye on him. I, I do remember the first time I saw Ryan Gosling. What was Young Hercules. Oh, yes, I was about to say it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see him in that, but that's right. Yeah, Young Hercules, a really underrated show from yes, the, the late 90s. Yes, and, um, I about died when I yeah. found that out. Yeah, and he was Hercules, and you know, it was a great show. It was a great show that was short-lived and didn't get, you know, enough enough 
airtime that it, it clearly could have gone on for you know just as long as um, the actual Hercules series was going on with Kevin Zorbo. Yes. Um, but you know I, when I saw Ryan Gosling in that as like the lead as Hercules, I was like, this this kid is I, this kid is too good, like you know not to go anywhere. Yeah. And here, lo and behold, you know he's in La La Land. Um, he's he's going to be in a which I'm highly excited for is this the highly anticipated sequel to uh, Blade Runner. Oh, now you just gave me the chills. Really with the chills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I don't keep up. You, you can look up the trailer. Uh, they have like a teaser trailer out. And um, he's the new Blade Runner. And uh, That's suppose, suppose I in the trailer you see a short scene with Harrison Ford. Um, coming back as Decker, uh-huh. um, you know, to reprise his role for, I don't know how long he's going to be in it, but um, it's, I think it, the working title is Blade Runner 2040, something like that, um, so I think it's supposed to be 30 years after, like, the events of the first Blade Runner, yeah. and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but from the trailer, and I think the guy who directed um, Sicario is directing it. So it should be very, very, very good. Well, I sure hope so. I love, I know, there's like, there's chick flicks and there's like guy flicks. And Blade right. Runner is a, it's a guy movie. Right. But I remember, and I haven't seen it in forever when it came out. But I remember when it first came out and I loved it. I also like action movies. I need to, I like action films. <laughs> I do, I really like, um, but I don't like when they get too crazy, you know, yeah. when, when it's like overdone, when it just gets gratuitous and so loud that it's like right. somebody's like cut open your body and pressing things upon your nerves. Right. Well, it's like, I, I was born in 88 and my all time hero, even to this day, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and, yeah. And any, you know... I love Stallone also, um, but Schwarzenegger holds like a special place in my heart because my dad um, showed me my first R-rated movie when I was five years old, and that was that was um, Total Recall, and it, it just left like a huge um, impression in my mind at such a young age that I was like, "Who is this guy? I need to get like as much as much of, of intake of what this guy has done." You know, so my dad. I've never met him. Never met him. One of you I've never met. But yeah, he's with Terminator. Terminator, Predator. I love the Terminator. And Terminator, I do like Terminator. Yeah, and um, they're they're re-releasing Terminator Two in 3D in August. Yeah. But I just I'll never forget when I went to the movie theater, and as a woman. Um, to see Linda Hamilton and how her body was like she was a machine right it was like oh my god look at her the, see the transition from her yeah. character in from the first soft, Terminator a soft vulnerable, vulnerable dancing in yes. distress yes. to Terminator 2 where she's full on like ripped you know like I ready I yeah. Not like out of sadness, but just out of emotion of being so overwhelmed at that. 
that difference. I mean, that's work. Right. I mean, that's serious work to go right. from how she was in Terminator 1 to, I mean, talk about embodying a character. Right. <laughs> and also the, the progression of her mental state from her character in part one to part two. And I actually went to um, Point Park here in Pittsburgh for screenwriting, and I graduated uh, last year. And we were one of the classes I took, a writing class. They gave us this article on that was on Terminator 2, and the like breakdown of the the character arcs um, with the the progression of the characters in the film, and it basically broke down and in a sense said that um, Sarah from the first one to the second one has become more like the machines because she's lost you know all kind of like humanity because given this you know knowledge of what's to come um, just totally broke her and realizing that's like she's insignificant in the world that the, that's that's going to come and the only mission that she has is to make sure that John you know survives at all costs. And I think it's one of the few uh, movies that goes to a sequel that almost could play as one film. Right. Right. Because it's so, everything matches so beautifully with on an emotional level, right. that art that you're talking about. Right. To the first one. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 the very, very first show I did was in Burbank some years ago, these funny convention shows, and I've done so few lessons on my two hands. And um, the very first one... In Burbank, California, and I sat down and had lunch with Linda Hamilton. And it was such, I loved it so much because we just sat there, we never talked about movies. I, I don't remember what we talked about. It was so lovely and we got along so well. And, but I, I always admired her from Terminator and how she did that transition. It was just, I've never seen an actress go to that point, that yeah. level. Even Sandra Bullock in um, Gravity. Right. She right. did too. She kind of went there right. and did what she had to do physically. Right. But it still was not, I mean, Linda Hamilton doing the pull up. The but with the one arm. <laughs> the one arm pull up. Like, like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> Total, total, like, buffed out, you know, machine. And, like, just as, in case anybody actually listens to this, women out there, I'd like to say, and men, it's a real testament how, at any given moment, we can change our lives. And, the, what, you know, in terms of, oh, I'm overweight, I want to lose weight, or I'd like to start running, or I'd like to... Because if she can go from how she looked in Terminator 1, which was, she was small. Right. But it was a completely different body. It was right. almost like a different human being. In terms right. Of shape. I really find that um, inspiring. Definitely. You know, because it, it, at any given moment, it's right there in the palm of our hands, right, right. at our fingertips, right. to change our lives at any given moment. Exactly, and even even the whole point of Terminator 2 
with the ending. You know, what they try to do with destroying the Cyberdyne systems and change, changing the outcome of the future. You know, it's like it's like when when it's when you're, you're given this knowledge of like you know whether it's in, in Terminator 2 mm-hmm. of you know knowing that you know the apocalypse is going to happen what can you do to stop it versus knowing that if you have a health issue you know that you can do stuff to fix it it's like you know you, you're given you're given like glimpses of you know what can come in the future and you're given opportunities to change it it's up to you to make it happen knowledge is power yeah it really is it's really something to be said well that's really interesting that we did a whole take off yeah whole take off terminator 2 and and interesting uh, you said about arnold schwarzenegger and i said about With linda yeah i mean we really took on you know the male female right identity lovely <laughs> We can talk about uh, some of the films you've worked on, like mm-hmm. uh, Phantom of the Opera. Um, now that that was with Robert Englund. Yeah. Um, what what's Robert like? Well, I mean, for, I know he's been out and has done a lot of shows, so I'm imagining a lot of fans have met him, and and they would probably say what I'm going to say, which is he's so nice. I mean, he's wonderful, and, and as an actor, so incredibly generous, so committed to the entire process, from waking up in the morning and arriving to set on time, not set, but makeup, and right. you have the wherewithal to sit in a chair for as many hours as he did. Sometimes, he's at work for a whole day, while everybody else is still sleeping, getting ready. And then when our day's starting, he's almost finished with putting the makeup on. Right. <laughs> and then he works a whole day. So, um, I, I, we were talking about him the other, with Amanda, I was talking about him, because of Nightmare, how they work together, and we were both saying he's the most generous person, and he's so full of joy and gratitude. I've never seen anything that sways me. And as an actor, he's a consummate professional and a wonderful actor. He's a real <laughs> He's a great actor. Now, great actor. You know, like there's there's been four major um, horror like filmmakers of the eighties that left a huge impression on me for with my own writing. Okay. And the two big ones are John Carpenter and Wes Craven. I knew you were going to say Wes Craven. Do you know I did a film with Wes Craven? Yes. <laughs> Nobody else does. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is why I wanted to lead into that. Okay. Um, you know, because like uh, Wes, Wes was just, you know, I, I, I was really like, I, I had to like call off of school. Um, for a day, because when I heard that Wes passed, um, that was that hit me like really, really hard. And you know, like there was, it, it was almost like a sense that you know, my a part of my childhood was like truly dead. 
you know, because Wes was gone, you know, and um, the other two uh, heavy hitters that inspired me were Clive Barker and, um, like, the Stuart Gordon team that did, like, the reanimator movies and all that stuff. I don't know too much about them, but I do know... Yeah, but, you know, Wes, Wes and John Carpenter, you know, I mean, their, their films are so timeless and they gave so much you know in the time that they were well Wes was here and John you know I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping uh, you know has has more to give as well um, in his in his later years but Wes was you know something special his, his films were so unique in the characters and the style of filmmaking and just the personalities of his, of his villains and antagonists, you know, and his and his protagonists for that matter, you know, there's just something about his writing that was very unique and uh, inspiring to you know me as well as God knows how many other you know horror authors and screenwriters out there. When I think about him. And I, I, I think the movie I did with him was right before his breakout. Wasn't it right before um, the first Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, I yeah. probably the last film he did before that. Right. And um, television film for CBS with the wonderful Beatrice Strait and Michael Beck, um, Schiller. I think it was called Frozen Man initially. That's what my script at home, the title was, and then they changed it to Chiller. But I, I have very strong memories of him because I was, I'm very attracted to um, people who are thinkers, put it that way. <laughs> Diane Franklin's a thinker. Yes, she is. She, she's very much that way. Um, but with the directors that I've worked with, the ones that were that way were Wes Craven, Joe Rubin, Dwight Little, and from Phantom, and, um, oh God, his name is slipping my mind right now. When a stranger calls back. Um, Ooh, um, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm having the brain fart. Oh, am I? He's going to kill me. Don't ever listen to this. <laughs> This is what being 53 is all about. What is wrong with this? Anyway, the point is that these wonderful directors had a very um, common denominator thing about them, and that is how thoughtful they were. When they directed, they knew exactly what they wanted, but then within that, it was wide open. They let it unfold naturally, but they they gave you the they put you on the path that you needed. I always tell my students because I do these master acting classes. I'm like, you gotta get on the right hurry, you know, because sometimes it's like it's all about them, and right. they have to make it about the character. You actually have to serve the script. Right, right. <laughs> 
So I always use this dumb analogy. It's like if you were going, if you're in Los Angeles and you wanted to get up to San Francisco, you would not get on the 10 freeway that's going to take you to Arizona. <laughs> you have to get on the five that's going to take you up north. And that's the way these directors were. It, they got you on the right freeway, and then they let it unfold. They let you determine what speed, what you know, everything within it, so that you could then create something. But it was within that framework, and they were just so thoughtful. These these men, when we were finished with the day's work, they would go and work all night long about tomorrow's work. You know what was going to happen. Right. And um, I love that about them. I remember how meticulous he was. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I had a chance to interview um, Michael Berryman, uh, who worked with Wes on uh, The Hills Have Eyes, The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, and um, Deadly Blessing. And, um, you know, he, he basically said pretty much the same thing you just summed up about Wes, and it just, you know, touches my heart that, you know, Wes was really that, that type of guy. And, you know, if if Doc Brown ever um, you know invents actually invents the the DeLorean time machine, although it'll have to be a bigger vehicle because I can't fit in the DeLorean. Um, but if 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 you know they ever invent the time machine, I I, I one of the things I would go back in time to do is to talk to Westbrook. The other thing I'd like to say about him that I remember, and I was brand new on the scene, I had there I always forget that I did that movie. I'm not even sure if it's on my IMDb. I have no idea. But um you see how kind he was. I remember thinking like he's like a father or a grandfather, that feeling when you're around someone, especially right. when I was so young at that time. Right. I don't maybe I was nineteen or twenty or and he was so um, careful with not just me as an actress, but as a human being. You know, to treat right. me the age that I was without being insulting. Like, right. Like, you're, the whole world's in front of you. Right. Lifting you up and supporting. Right. Yeah. Lovely man. <laughs> that's just, that's so awesome to hear. Um... I guess uh, my last question is, um, do you have anything uh, that you have up and coming that you're trying to promote or anything? Well, I, I'm a little hush-hush on that right now. I do okay, that. sure. Okay, so first of all, you know I've been away from the business for a thousand years. If you don't know that, I'm letting you know that. Because I left the business to be a wife and mother, and my youngest son just graduated, and I've been toying with this idea for five years, six years about, oh, maybe I'll work again. But I've never been able to come to terms with it in my mind in terms of getting in the rat race. It just didn't feel right to me. So I've been reinventing things at home in my internal life and setting in an infrastructure for working And I do have some stuff coming up. When I'm ready, which will be very soon, <laughs> I will be talking about it. 
but not right now. Sure, sure. We, we, we can do a follow-up interview. Because I don't have time frame yet. Right. Like I have some things happening. Are you, are you on uh, Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I'm not great with that stuff. That is the part of the infrastructure not put in place. But I will say I'm, I'm doing a series. It, I'm doing it specifically for the internet because I think that's the direction everything is going in. And um, I want to capitalize on that. I mean, I don't mean in a monetary way, although that's lovely for everyone. Um, but I just mean in terms of being alive on the planet and being the most active on the planet as I right. possibly Right. And I find the internet extremely exciting. I really like it. So I am doing something in the horror genre that's going to, I will be announcing it soon. And it's just a fun little thing. And I am doing a film, my first film later this summer, and it's also going to be in the horror genre. Fantastic. And so there are things, but I, rather than give titles or anything like right, that, I'd right. like to be a little quiet about Sure, that sure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to start following you on Twitter. Um, I'm on YouTube. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel and we'll do a follow-up interview when you're ready to promote Great. that stuff. Perfect. I'd love that. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jill, um, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for uh, swimming in the bowl with me. Oh, okay. Like this? We're swimming. <laughs> We're swimming. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.